You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. All right, good morning, everybody. Um, I, I envision this to be uh, more of a conversation than uh, a lecture because I imagine um, in your um, experience in life, uh, the um, various questions um, related to um, death, illness, um, tragedy, uh, the afterlife have, have come up from uh, your kids. Um, and, uh, um, and so I'd love to hear from you not only what those questions were and, and um, what you struggle with in how to answer them, but also um, what you felt worked for you in, um, in, in dealing with some of those challenges. But I guess I just want to start with a, with a few things, um, a few principles uh, off the bat. Um, that, uh, that that I think about uh, with with this stuff, and just to lay them out at the onset, and a, a few of these are um, recaps from the session I did a couple of weeks ago on how to talk to kids about God, because these are in some ways um, related uh, um, issues in my in my mind. The the first thing, and this is going to be a little bit counterintuitive, coming from me, is um, is uh, I think. Um, not a fair answer is, let's go ask the rabbi. Uh, now, that's not to say I don't want to have the conversation. That's not to say I don't want uh, um, uh, you to spend time with me, to, to spend time with your kids. Um, not that, but, but what, what um, a rabbi is a certain um, odd subset of human being um, that, is, uh, um, that thinks and talks about um, unusual things. Uh, and, uh, and so when, when a kid hears... Um, that let's go ask the rabbi. What they what they what they hear in that is um, that's not a question that serious people think about. Right? That's not, that's not a question that um, that, uh, um, uh, that that's you know sort of a so um, uh, so I think that uh, you know what 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 I think I can be helpful for um, is um, is um, helping think through and refining uh, answers. Um, before the questions arise, um, and adding um, a, a little bit of, uh, of uh, I don't know, depth and context um, as, a, as a supplement to the answers uh, that you give in the conversations that you have. But I don't think um, that, uh, th- th- there are very few areas where I think that, uh, that the role should be um, in place of. Um, uh, so, uh, I, I, and I think that that's really important. I think especially when it comes to questions about, uh, about death, um, uh, but also about uh, God in general. Um, uh, the, uh, the 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 issue is is uh, really about life and is really about um, uh, their own uh, feelings of their place in the kids' feelings of their place in the world, um, feelings of safety, um, and uh, and uh, um, and also that uh, um, their own I don't know uh, um, norm normalcy in uh, in in the challenges that they're having, the questions that they're having, and, and the, the answer, will go ask the rabbi, um, is, uh, is a shorthand in some ways for that's not a real question, that's not a serious question. So I want to put that out at, at the beginning to sort of make my role obsolete. Um, the second is uh, a related one, um, which is that um, the time for answering questions is when they're asked. Okay, so, um, uh, uh, you know, that's... Uh, 
because in a similar kind of way, right, to, to say, you know, um, ask me later or let's talk about this later um, is also uh, sends, I think, the subtle signal that, uh, that this is not an important question or not, not important enough for me to deal with um, at the moment. I, I think that, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that, um, that you have to give the first answer that comes to your head. Um, it can mean that you say, you know, that's a really serious and thoughtful question, and uh, and because it's such an important question, I really want some time to think it over a little bit more. Um, so can I think about it for a few minutes and then um, and then answer you? Um, uh, so you know, the kids may not let let, let you go that easily, uh, but uh, um, but that's different than talk to me about it later, right? Or oh, let's talk about it another time. Um, so the time to answer questions is uh, is is when they're asked. Okay. The 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 third thing is um, don't say what you don't believe. This is a big one when kids ask questions about God. When kids ask questions about death, often we're trying to think of the the most uh, uh, emotionally sensitive answer, um, or we think about what uh, you know what because they're questions that we don't really think about all that often. Um, uh, we sort of fall back on, you know, what do I remember my rabbi teaching me in, in synagogue, or what do I remember, you know, uh, from, from Hebrew school, them telling me Judaism says we're supposed to believe in situations like this, um, and it turns out that they're things that you don't really believe, and may even be damaging answers, so, um, you know, uh, so I'll give you an example of this in, in relation to the issue of, uh, of, of death and dying. Um, there is a, um, a very strong Hasidic tradition um, that uh, um, that every person has a, uh, a a particular set of uh, tasks that their soul is supposed to accomplish uh, on on Earth, and uh, and so uh, um, people therefore die early because they've you know finished those uh, th- those uh, those tasks that they're supposed to finish. Now, you might believe that, and there are people who believe that, and there are, you know, there's, there's, I guess, legitimate reasons to believe that. I personally don't believe that, um, and I think that there are, um, there are damaging results um, of, uh, of, of answers like that, especially if you don't believe it. So the, the, the key thing is, um, and this is a, um, a phrase I attribute to my teacher, Rabbi Brad Artson, which is that um, kids have amazing BS detectors. Right? Uh, and um, and they know if they're if you're giving an answer that you don't authentically uh, believe, and they also um, you know know how to sort out things that uh, hold up to the smell test and don't right. Um, and so part of the challenge of of, uh, of talking to kids about God and talking to kids about death is that uh, is that these are questions um, about how they how they view the world, how they how they view their own place in the world, how they view their own safety, and uh, and and. Uh, and 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 a lie, even if it's a well-intentioned lie, can be very damaging. Um, I, I think so. Uh, that's a plug for um, taking time to think through these questions, right? Taking time to read and to study about what you believe about God, um, and to formulate a a, a personal theology. Um, thinking through uh, your feelings and your thoughts about uh, about death and about illness, about suffering, about tragedy. Um, and uh, and not only relying on you know what uh, what you've heard or on cliches or things like that. Um, I, I think that that's a really important thing. Um, so I want to put in a plug for for uh, for a, uh, a a well thought through personal theology and and uh, and, and take on life. Um, I think I had one more. Let me just see. 
Um, ah, okay. The last thing, and again, it's a similar thing that I said in talking to kids about God, is um, support and encourage the questions. Right? So um, sometimes we get freaked out by the really good questions kids ask, and um, and and uh, don't take and 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 kids sort of pick up on on how terrified we are at the hard questions that they're asking, and so what they learn that even if we do answer them, and even if we do answer them with honesty and integrity, what the the sense they get is that is that um, you know this isn't really something I should uh, bring to to mommy and daddy to grandma and grandpa. Um, this is a bad question. This is a this is a a, a an inappropriate question, um, and so they'll stop asking them, um, which is, I think, a, 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 a bad thing. Uh, and the other piece of it is that um, thinking about God, thinking about death, thinking about all of these issues um, does, and I think rightly so, change over time, right? And so we can say to our kids, that is a really great question, and it's a really important question, and I'm going to tell you what I think now, but I want you to keep asking me that question. Don't forget that question. Um, because how I think about it might change over time. I learn new things every day, just like you learn new things every day. And so my answer to that question might change as I grow and as I learn more. And I hope that your thinking about that question might change as you grow and as you learn more too. So keep asking me that question because it's a really good question. So I think that that's really important too. And then the final piece, um, uh, the final just kind of general piece of advice, um, is um, often a kid is asking you a question, but what they really are looking for is an opening to tell you what they think. And that's something that I think we should encourage for, for kids to tell us what, uh, what, what they think, what, what's on their mind. You know, because they may be asking... Um, you know, and, and that's also a way of, of figuring out, you know, what's the question that they're really asking. Because they may be asking a question of, you know, why did great-grandmother, uh, why did our great-grandmother uh, pass away? But what they're really asking is, are you going to die, right? Or what they're, or, or they're thinking, you know, I think she passed away because, you know, I don't know, um, because... Um, you know, God needed a good brisket maker in heaven, right? And, uh, right? Uh, and that's what they want to say. And now, that wouldn't be my theology, right? Uh, but, but if it's, if it's uh, what's going through, and they feel comfortable and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and happy, and that's a comforting idea for them where they are in their life, that's okay, I think. Um, that's not... Uh, that's not an answer that I would give them in part because I don't believe it, and in part because I think that it that 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 can be a very dangerous answer of well, you know, God need another brisket maker in in heaven, and so the kid grows up thinking, well, I better not cook brisket, right? <laughs> um, or you know, I better not do anything good because then I'm going to die because God's going to want me to do that in heaven, right? But if the kid's coming up with it themselves and that's a comforting idea for them, right? That's I think a different story. So that's um. Um, so that's a that, that that's an important piece I think is to is to give give our kids an opening to say what they're thinking and what they're feeling too. Um, okay, let me pause there. Um, I have some more uh, general things that I that I can and, and will say, but let's pause there for your own thoughts, questions, comments. Everything is constant why. The constant why. Like the 
five W's. Yeah. Constant. No matter if they're in school asking a history question, anything. But this is a very important question. Yeah. I mean, kids have asked me this constantly. I worked with little ones in high school. Mm -hmm. And they'll ask me, why did that happen? Yeah. You know, I said, well, it happened and we have to accept it, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and I've worked with difficult children. So, um, it's hard. You know, I mean, they're there when it happens. Mm -hmm. And I can't, um, I can't just, uh, Avoid it. Yeah. You know, I, I had to answer many questions right on the spot. Mm -hmm. You know, um, from the, from stealing to um, to causing trouble. Right. You know, and I just said, this this is the way it has to be today. Mm -hmm. You know, tomorrow's going to be a, a bigger, brighter day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did ask. There are a hundred ways to give praise. I found like ten to fifteen ways to give. Mm -hmm. This other way, mm -hmm. you know, it's very hard. Yeah, it's very hard. And I said, well, I have to think about it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And that's a really important piece, right? That I have to think about it too, right? That uh, because I um, said I'm only the teacher. I said I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. Right. I said, oh, your aunt or your sister. Mm -hmm. I said, but I have to think about it too before I can give you a good answer. Mm -hmm. You know, and well, well, you have the answer. Mm -hmm. I had an eight-year-old. I mean, every day he is. Did you get the answer yet? I'm going to get this kid. And Richard, he's every single day. I said, Richard, maybe by Friday I'll really have a great answer. Mm -hmm. You promise? I mean, they held me to it. To uh -huh. the end, uh -huh. You know? Uh -huh. And they don't forget. Yep, 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 yep. So that's a tough one, um, and uh, and and kids of various ages um, have various relationships to uh, to this, and, and have different developmental abilities. So the um, so the the general principles that I that I said, I think I don't. I think that those those are those transcend. I think all age categories. Um, now you know how, how exactly you talk to a three year old versus a, an eight year old um, will be different, um, but I think those general principles hold true in all those categories. Um, I think that uh, uh, the older a kid gets, um, the more, the, 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 the easier it is to hold uh, abstract concepts. Uh, so, um, so, you know, an, an abstraction like death, like the soul, like, um, uh, like God, um, uh, gets in some ways easier as we get older, and in some ways harder, because it's also um, uh, it, it, you also have more of a reference point to uh, to, to to pick a, pick it apart rationally. Um, but uh, um, but but thinking in, in bigger generalities is easier as you get older. The um, young for younger kids, I think the um, relational answers are, uh, are 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 easier and better. Um, so uh, um, often thinking about um, Thinking about God and thinking about death, which are related um, ideas, are, are really um, are really questions about. Um, think of how I want to put this. Um, I think that uh, what 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 the way younger kids, two, three, and younger. Or maybe relate to the world um, 
there uh, is a process of learning that um, that there are um, there are things beyond their parents' control, right? And um, you know, it, it may be sometimes it's a little while before a kid learns that there are things beyond their parents' control because um, you know, for the most part, everything in their world is uh, easily handled by their by their parents. Right? The toy breaks and mommy fixes it. Right? The uh, the bowl of spaghetti falls on the floor. Daddy picks it up. Right? Um, so um, um, eventually. Um, and this happens, you know, depending on the kid, three, four, five, um, they realize that uh, there are things beyond mommy and daddy's control, and that is in some ways where the, where, where the God idea becomes strongest in, in kids, um, or where a, let me rephrase that, a particular God idea becomes strongest in kids, which is sort of like a super parent. Right, a, a parent that, uh, that that there are things that mommy and daddy can't control, uh, but that's okay because you know God catches what falls through the cracks, right? Um, and uh, and 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 that's fine until there's something that actually challenges that idea, like death, right? And death is um, is a big theological problem if your idea of God is um, an all-powerful super parent that can stop everything bad from happening. Um, so that's so so uh, even as early as I tell you know you know three or four, um, it's, uh, it, it's important to, um, to, uh, to, to, um, make subtle adjustments in that, uh, in that worldview, right? Saying that there are, there are, uh, some things that happen in our world, um, uh, because of the way the world works, um, that are, uh, that, that, uh, that, that, um, that mommy and daddy can't control, um, and even God can't control, um, and uh, and and that's actually a good thing. We want the world to work with uh, with with order and rules. Um, we don't really want those. Sometimes we want those rules to be broken when it benefits us, but we don't want those rules to be broken when they don't benefit us. Um, so the rules are are generally good. Um, and so one of those rules is that at some point in life, um, um, everybody dies. Um, and, um, and usually that happens, um, after a person's lived a very long time, um, and, uh, um, and it's as if the, um, uh, the, there comes a time even at the end of a very long book that we love and we don't want to end because it's so good, but every story has to have an ending, right? And so, um, so when a person dies, it means that the story of their life is, is over. So in a normal case, um, of a person passing away, you know, uh, in, in old age, um, uh, that's, uh, that I think is a, is a fair answer and not, uh, not necessarily a problematic answer, um, for the, for the worldview of, uh, okay, well, you know, um, if God is all powerful, he'd stop death. Um, in cases like that, it's a little bit less challenging, right? And we can, and we can say that, um, uh, that, uh, um, um, uh, that, um, that that uh, um, that usually um, at the end of a very long life, um, uh, that uh, um, the, the story of a person's life is over, and we can be very happy and grateful and uh, and proud that we were a part of that story. We can keep on going back to that story and cherishing it and reliving it and rereading it um, through our memories and our and our love and our and our feelings. Um, when there is um, when there is a more When there's a more tragic death, um, that can be problematic, right? That can be a lot harder, right? So um, when 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 that you know sort of 
natural rule doesn't uh, doesn't work, right? When someone passes away really young, um, I think that uh, the 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 um, I mean the issues are the same, right? And uh, and we could say usually um, uh, people people die when they're when they've lived a very long life. Sometimes there are things beyond our control, um, where people uh, die before they're supposed to, um, and that doesn't happen a lot, and it doesn't happen to everybody, and there's no reason to think it's going to happen to you or to me or to daddy. We are fine, and we, are, we plan to be here for a long time, uh, but, uh, but sometimes it does happen to some people, um, and it's not because they did anything wrong. Um, it's not because they were bad people. It's also not because they were good people, right? It's not because God wanted to have them for, for, for himself and, and took them away. It's just one, uh, something that is, uh, is part of life is that, um, is, is that everybody uh, dies at one point or another. Most people die when they're very old. Some people, unfortunately, uh, don't. And that's a rare thing, but it does happen sometimes. Um, and I think that um, uh, uh, that might temporarily be a hard thing, um, but ultimately not so much. I mean, I think ultimately the issue is, um, is, you know, is this going to happen to you, right? And so saying things like, you know, when, uh, uh, sometimes when a person is uh, very tired, uh, they go to sleep and they don't wake up, right? That's a scary thing, right? Uh, um, uh, right? And, and so saying, so putting it in that language, um, uh, can, can put into a kid's head, okay, so uh, I better not go to sleep because that might happen to me. Mommy, daddy better not go to sleep. That might happen to them, right? So, or if you say sometimes people get, uh, sometimes when people get sick, um, they, they can't recover and they, uh, and they die. That one is true in a way, but also um, uh, uh, can, depending on where the kid is developmentally, can put it in the kid's mind, okay, well, you know, the next time I have a cold, I might die, right? So the next time mommy and daddy have a cold, they might die. Um, uh, so I so I think that uh, that 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 phrasing it uh, you know more or less in, in the way they just and depending on uh, the age of kids might require a little bit of a softening of the language or not um, uh, has the double benefit of being honest um, and not um, uh, not uh, putting panic in a, in in uh, in a kid's heart. Um, about uh, about what's going to happen to him or her, what's going to happen to uh, their their parents. Um, I think that, that that those are that those are both both honest and emotionally and spiritually um, sensitive answers. Um, I think one of the challenges of the of the you know super parent perspective of God that a lot of kids have and a lot of adults have too, because we never really grew out of it. Um, is a, a sense that um, that well you know just in the same way that uh, when, when I do something wrong, mommy and daddy you know put me in a timeout or punish me that that death or illness um, is a is a is a punishment or is a timeout right or or an injury or something like that right um, and that is um, first of all um, really problematic. Um, uh, for, for kids, but I think problematic in general because it doesn't bear the reality, right? Uh, so um, so uh, um, the more we push forward that theological perspective that, uh, that death, illness, injury, suffering is, um, is a result of God uh, punishing people for, uh, for, for wrongdoing, um, it, uh, um, it, 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 I think, uh, 
um, warps our entire perspective of uh, of, of what is um, right and wrong, and um, and uh, leads, I think, to a um, uh, to a sense, to an internal sense that um, uh, that that it doesn't really matter what we do, right? So um, because Grandma was good, and uh, and if and if God was uh, and if God was good, and uh, um, then why would God kill Grandma um, if uh, um, right? If God rewards good and punishes bad, so either that means Grandma was actually bad, or it means that God isn't good, which means that um, there may be um, something controlling the universe, but it's something that is uh, that that ultimately um, is uh, is not good, right? Um, and uh, and I think that that's that's challenging too. I think better to to say, and I think and I actually believe this. Better to say that there are um, that uh, that God uh, doesn't uh, um, God doesn't make decisions like life and death. God doesn't make decisions like reward and punishment. Sometimes there are consequences for our actions. So sometimes um, if we make unhealthy choices, um, they can make us unhealthy. And being unhealthy can sometimes lead to a person uh, 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 passing away, to a person dying. Yeah. I have a question about that. Sure. Yeah. Right. So that's a that's an indication that um, that that Judaism is designed for adults. Um, seriously, I mean that seriously, because um, because those are because those are meant I think to be um, powerful metaphors, but metaphors. Um, uh, I mean, there's an element to it that's not metaphorical, which is that um, that uh, it, it is definitely true that during the course of the year, some people who are alive aren't going to be anymore, and some people um, uh, who are not alive yet will be, you know, will, will will remain alive, and some people who are alive will stay alive. I mean, that's 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 true, um, and so. Um, I think that you can explain that to to a, a kid who has a question about the Yom Kippur, uh, the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur liturgy. Saying basically what that's saying is that um, is that um, uh, um, um, we don't always know who's going to live and who's going to die. We do know that it's certain that some people. Well, let me rephrase that. We know that, that it's certain that all people at some point will die. And we know that it's certain that some of those people might die this year. Now, God doesn't necessarily decide that. He decided to create the world, and, and the only way for God to create the world was a world in which there were people, that, that life was, um, there's a beginning and an end. Right? That's, the, that's the only way life can be. Um, and uh, and and so in that sense, God did decide that that we'll live and that we'll die. But God didn't make a specific decision. Okay, that person goes, that person stays, that per- right. Um, uh, so what the what what we're saying on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah is we're acknowledging that um, that that uh, we none of us know exactly how much time we have. Um, that's true. I think that for an older kid, that's an okay thing to say. None of us know exactly how much time we're, we're going to have. So that means that, um, first of all, it means that um, when we are alive, it's really, really precious. And it's really special. And it's really important. It means that because you don't know, you know, uh, because you don't know how long the book is, you don't know how long the movie is, you better enjoy every moment of it. 
You better love a lot the people who are around you. You better learn as much as you can. You better do as much as you can, right? Um, you better be as good as you can um, because you only, you know, even if you live a very, very long time, and I, and, I, and, I, uh, and, and I know you will and I know we will, we live a very long life, it's still only a limited amount of time, which means that um, we only have a, a limited amount of time to make the world a better place. So we better hurry. We better do it. So I think that that's what Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is teaching. I think that um, uh, um, even adults tend to take that metaphor um, uh, very literally, and I think it's not helpful. Um, uh, it's not helpful because there are deserving people who die and uh, jerks who live, right? Um, and what that and what that either means is that. Um, um, uh, what they, what they either means under a, a literal perspective of that point of view, or a literal approach to that point of view, is that um, either that uh, um, uh, that um, uh, either that there's that there's no justice, or that uh, or that there's a warped sense of justice, right? That that what you know uh, what God sees as good and bad is different than what we see as good and bad, in which case. How do we know at all what's good and bad anymore, right? So I think that that's a um, really dangerous um, uh, theology to be looked at literally. But I think that uh, seen more metaphorically, I mean, there's an element of it that, that again, is not a metaphor, right? That, that, that it's true that, well, that, uh, um, that, that we don't know um, what's going to happen over the course of the year. But, the, but, but it is uh, not meant, I think, to be, you know... Um, uh, you, if you, you know, God makes the naughty nice list, right? If you, if you were, if you were nice, um, you get a really nice ear. If you were bad, you get a lump of coal, which uh, actually gets lobbed at your head, and you get knocked unconscious and die, right? So, um, uh, um, so uh, yeah. So Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is uh, is challenging, but the, uh, um, but I think that uh, that it goes to show you. Um, what we what we often don't acknowledge in most of modern Jewish life, which is that um, 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 serious Judaism is designed for adult minds, um, and uh, um, uh, you know, and there's a way of uh, that in which we sort of grow uh, into the tradition and grow with the tradition um, if we're sensitive to it. Okay, I'm not sure this is where you're going, but yeah. Please, yeah. What happens after? Like, so, mm. for example, I had a neighbor who was really friendly to us all the time, and she passed away two years ago. So Josh was still here. So it was very easy. I mean, I wouldn't say easy. This, you know, they catch on the spot with these questions, yeah. right? You never know. Like, for a while, he just didn't see her, so he didn't ask about her. But then all of a sudden, he started to see the husband without her, and he's like, where is she? And she was very sick, so I just said, because again, it was on the spot. It was kind of why I wanted to come today, so you know, be prepared mm -hmm. and start thinking about it. But um, at the time, I just said, "Well, she was very sick, and uh, God's taking care of her now, helping her." And it, it was fine because he was forward and pre-K, and that was very. Mm -hmm. uh, he seemed comforted in that, and then kind of let that go. And he's mentioned it since, you know, here and there in passing. Mm -hmm. And um, but now, you know, he's a little older, and I think he's questioning God as a spirit, not a he or she, and then he's like, well, you know, what is forever, and, you know, what is this life cycle and idea, and then how to, you know, it just keeps going, but then when does it end? Like, I don't know if you're ever going to go there, but I find that that's kind of alarming for kids and adults, right? I mean, it's hard to wrestle with that. So, sorry, so the question is... It's just like, 
how do you explain like what happens after they die? After they die. You know, and, yeah. So what's your inclination? What do you, let me just phrase it that, like, like for, forget about how you, for, put it on the child, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it, <laughs> no, but seriously, don't, not, not like what you, what you think you might say to, uh, to, to, to the kid, but, but what do you believe? What do you believe happens after death? Are sort of maybe reincarcerated in a certain way because how many reincarnated sorry reincarnated <laughs> reincarcerated <laughs> I mean we, you know oh, depending on how you view life you know <laughs> sorry yeah reincarnated in a certain way not completely you know but maybe part of their soul or something comes back in another person uh-huh. form because how many derivations can you have mm-hmm I know it's infinite because you're mixing different genes, but still, like, I don't know, I just sort of think, okay, well, life ends, and I guess people decompose underground, I mean, I don't know exactly, I mean, at some point, how is there going to be room to have all these caskets and stuff, I mean, you know, I just yeah. think about them, uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, I just think, well, maybe people get, come back in a certain way, but you don't know, because it's only a part, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I haven't really fully fleshed it out, but that's gotten me through to this point. So, how about you? Well, that's what I'm curious. Okay. <laughs> so, um, are there other people who want to share what they think? This is a really good question, and there's a reason I'm I'm responding to the question this way. I'll tell you in a minute, but uh, it's not. I'm not being like flippant about at. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that you get reunited with people who died before you, mm-hmm. people that you loved. But I also have this sense that at some point there is that like reincarnation. Maybe not in a human form, maybe in an animal or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd come back as a butterfly. Because <laughs> like nobody yeah. suspects the butterfly. Okay. <laughs> it's funny that you talk about this today. I have your side for my mother today. Uh-huh. You know. And I was just thinking about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I since last night I've been thinking about this, you know, and I feel, I don't know, I'm very close to her, was very close to her, and I just, I'm thinking of all the things that um, we went through with her. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying, well, we did that, now what's the next chapter? Yeah. Mm. And that she's always said, you're always thinking for the next chapter. Mm. I said, well, you have to. Yeah. You know, yeah. she kept saying, why, why are you so, you press on this all the time? You always... Um, thinking about that
and you know they now you can get some pretty good 3D pictures. I'm like seeing family members and you know an unborn child and you know oh look doesn't it look like my side there and that I think that that connection is what helps. So, I I just want to pick up on 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 on, on that you know I think that there's um. I think there are different uh, uh, ways of understanding and approaching truth. And the truth of what you experience in looking at those ultrasounds is no less true than uh, the, the rational construct than you can, that you can come up with. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a reality to, uh, to that emotional truth and to uh, the, the truth of the meaning that we make for ourselves. So, um, so I, w- I just want to hold that up as a, as, as a real thing. Uh, and, and I want to say the reason I, I wanted to hear what you had to say uh, about this question in particular is because um, the truth of the matter is no one knows, mm-hmm. right? And it's impossible to know um, in some way. Um, uh, so, uh, um, so that's, I think, an important thing to, uh, to, to, to say to, uh, to a child who asks the question, what happens after we die? Um, we can really say this one with honesty, right? Uh, that, um, that, that no one knows because um, uh, whether for better or worse, no one has ever come back uh, to, to tell us. Now, there are people who claim to have had near-death experiences. and come, Although I read this one that's really, I wish I brought it with me. Um, first of all, there was a book that just came out um, uh, this past year. Um, you know, called uh, "Heaven Is Real" or "Heaven Is for Real," and um, it was a uh, um, neurologist um, who uh, who had a who had a near death experience. Who was in a coma for a while and, and came back with this very vivid recollection of of heaven and and claimed to be very um, uh, uh, you know. Uh, um, uh, that obviously he, you know, it was it was true because he was uh, um, brain dead, and it was happening when he was brain dead, and you know whatever. So this wasn't something that his mind was just making it, whatever. And he's a neurologist, so clearly now the the since then I, um, it's been called into question, etc. But uh, in response to uh, there was a piece about it, and I read Esquire magazine, and and there was a piece about uh, sort of a takedown piece of that uh, of that of that author in that book. But there was a response that I that I. Uh, read of a guy who uh, had a coma and he wrote about his uh, his experience of heaven his near-death experience after that and he said um, so um, I um, I saw a light and the light said to me um, uh, would you like to uh, would you like to stay dead or would you like to come go back to life and <laughs> and I said to the light you're full of I know this is being recorded. So you're full of baloney, right? And uh, and and the, and the light said, "How can I prove you that uh, prove to you that I'm that I'm for real?" And he says, uh, um, uh, "Show yourself to me." And so the the, the light uh, showed him uh, showed itself as uh, as Jesus with the beard and the robe. And the dead guy says, "Now I know that you're full of baloney because I'm Jewish and there's no way that you're God." And uh, and Light says, okay, well, so what would you, what form would you like me to take? And he says, you should be Moses. And so he comes out as Moses, like Charlton Heston, right? <laughs> and um, anyway, all right. So uh, um, no, but all that is to say that that no one's no one's really ever ever fully come back and and said with the experience, which so we don't we don't know. Um, and a lot of what you said resonates a lot with with what I feel is that that though I don't know. Um, from a uh, um, fr- from from a uh, supernatural perspective, what happens after we die? I do know a couple things 
naturally. The first is that, um, that matter can neither be created nor destroyed, and similarly with energy, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Um, so that means that when we die in a real way, um, uh, who we are continues to live on. Um, and so that means a couple things. One, I think it means that uh, we do, we are in a way um, uh, reunited with, uh, with, with loved ones that came before us. Um, although not dissimilarly from how we remain connected to those who came before us even when we're alive. Um, so, um, so you want to call that energy spirit, you want to call that energy soul, you can call it whatever you want, but I think that there's a, there's a real truth to that. Um, and the second is uh, that, um, uh, that, um, that, that we remain present in a very real way, I think, and, uh, and especially through, um, through memory, but also how we, um, how we, how we um, um, consciously bring in the presence of those who came come before us um, in our lives. I think that's real. I think that uh, the, how we see, um, you know, our, our loved ones in, uh, in our kids and, uh, and, and, you know, in, in, in our brisket and in our, you know, um, whatever, right? I, I think that that's real. And the other is that I think that in, in that way, reincarnation is real too. I think that, uh, that, that um, um, our energy and no, it's true. I, uh, um, um, that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that who we were um, lives on and who comes after us. Um, so I think that that's real, and I think that it's Jewish, too. I think that, there, um, that, uh, that, that, that everything that, that was said around this table, even though it also finds a place in other faith traditions, which I think to me gives credence to the truth of it, um, um, in, in Judaism, too, there's a, there's a, a, a sense of, uh, of what's called Gilgul HaNeshamot, that there's a, um, a recycling of souls, right, a reincarnation of souls, um, and uh, and I think that that's a really beautiful idea. That um, that in a way we are uniquely us, um, and in a way we are um, also a uh, a product of everything that's come before us, and uh, of very specific people that have come before us. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, and so um, if a, if if someone asks, you know, what what happens after we die, I would say some version of 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 each of those things. I think that those are really beautiful and, and special ideas. Um, where, what I would avoid um, is, um, is sort of the, the, the just afterlife conceptions for some of the same reasons that we were talking about before. I think that there, that there, is, that there is value to them. You know, part of me wants to believe that, um, that you know, the, the world in which we live um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you aren't always uh, rewarded for the good you do, and you aren't always punished for the bad you do. Um, but that uh, at some point or another, everything kind of evens out. Um, and and I think that there's there is comfort to that. Um, and so that potentially can be a comforting idea, especially if someone uh, passes away in a really undeserving way. Um, uh, and and uh, um, uh, um, actually, I, I, I may need to tweak that, uh, uh, but um, but I but I but I think that that um, you know that I, I want to believe that, but I find that um, you know a, a very challenging idea um, that if 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 God were capable of um, of reward and punishment outside the world, why not? in the world too. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, um, um, you know, 
what would you rather, right? Would you rather um, a, a person tragically dying when they're really young um, or uh, that they get a reward, you know, in the next life, right? Or would you rather having that person around for a longer time? I think that given that choice, most of us know instantly what, what decision we would make. Right, um, and uh, and so I think that that in some ways you know it's, it attempts to solve a problem of uh, of, of uh, a seeming lack of uh, justice and control of our world, but it creates bigger problems as well. That, that doesn't seem better um, uh, to think that uh, that uh, someone who is tragically taken away from us um, is in a better place. That doesn't feel that doesn't feel good to me. Um, uh, so um, so so that's. Um, um, yeah, well, let me, let me tell What I want to commend to you in just in the little time left uh, uh, that we have is, is this great book by Harold Kushner. I don't know if you've seen this before. Harold Kushner wrote a really great book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People, which is not why bad things happen to good people. Because um, uh, in Kushner's theology, bad things happen to good people because we live in a world where um, there is... Um, well, we, we, we have, you know, um, imperfect material bodies that are susceptible to illness and, uh, and, are, and are fragile, and, uh, and part of life is, uh, is, is uh, illness and, and disease and injury, and so bad things happen um, because it's just part of our construction and, uh, and our interaction with our environment. Bad things happen uh, because there are things that happen naturally in the world uh, that, uh, that we... Um, uh, experience is bad because they negatively impact us, but uh, you know we would not want to live on a planet where there were no earthquakes because we couldn't live on this kind of planet if there were no earthquakes and tsunamis and things like that. Um, and uh, and and often bad things happen be as a as a consequence of uh, of, of freedom of choice, um, freedom of choice on behalf of the individual. So it, it's my choice to smoke my whole life and get sick because of it, but also freedom of choice on on the part of other people um, that uh, that use that freedom to uh, to. Impact and, and injure us. Um, so, um, so that's so that's why his book is not why bad things happen to good people because he has a sort of naturalistic theology in that way. But when bad things happen to good people, the book is more about how do you respond? Um, um, uh, you know what, uh, what? What's the what's the approach of? Uh, well, what should be the the uh, um, the reaction of uh, of people in situations like that? But this is a, so this book he wrote after that, and this is sort of a follow up to that book of uh, when children ask about God. And it's really good. And he talks about this question of uh, of um, of where do people go when they die. And I just want to, um, by by way of uh, um, working toward conclusion, show you what what he says. And I love this. The first and most honest answer to this question is that we don't know. Nobody knows. No one who has, who no one who ever died has been able to tell those left behind what happened to him. In fact, telling the living what happened in death would be impossible because when people die, they no longer see or feel or know anything. They don't feel uncomfortable about being put in a coffin or buried. They can't hear what we say about them. What does happen to them? The body of a dead person is put into the ground very respectfully in a special place called a cemetery. When he was alive, the person was more than a body. He was what we call a soul, a personality. He was good at certain things. He cared about certain things and certain people. Things happened to him and he remembered them. All this made up his soul, the part of him that wasn't his body, that let him be him and nobody else. The question of what happens to a soul is a very hard one to answer because a soul isn't a thing, a physical object which has to be in one place or another. A soul is a little bit like God, not an object, 
but a way of thinking and feeling, of making certain things happen. Asking, where does the soul go when a man dies, is a little like asking, where does the light go when you turn the switch off? A soul doesn't go anywhere, it just isn't there anymore, because the things which made it possible have been taken away. I think actually um, that have been taken away sort of count that that phrasing sort of counteracts some of the other things he says um, the things that made it possible are no more uh, I think would probably be a better way of putting it, that no one has consciously taken those things away and yet if a man was a good person and people loved him even after his body has died and been buried people will still remember him they'll talk about him and be slightly different people because of what he meant to them and if they remember him and act differently because of it maybe that's the answer to where his soul went when people we care about are alive, but physically distant from us, when a child's parents are at work or away on a trip, we can think of them and feel their presence, and it's a little bit as if they were with us. This is what the power of love and memory can do. Let us be comforted by the thought that, even when people are dead, we can summon up memories of them and feel cl close to them. Early in the history of religion, people found it hard to believe that when a person died, that was the end of his life and they would never see him again. It wasn't enough for them to remember him and tell others about him. So they made up stories about a place where souls went after death. In this place, the souls looked the way the people looked on earth. And when the other members of their family died years later, their souls would go to this place, heaven, and recognize each other and be reunited there. Of course, they had no way of knowing that there really was such a place. Any more than we have way of knowing that there isn't. None of us can say for sure. A lot of very fine people, Jews and non-Jews, have believed in a heaven, and many still do today. But there are reasons for being skeptical. Firstly, people invented the story because they wanted to believe they would see their relatives again, not because they had any real reasons to think they would. Secondly, if the soul isn't a thing, if it's a non-physical object, how can one really talk about a place where non-physical objects go and recognize and talk to each other? A soul detached from a body can't see or hear, nor can it be happy or sad, because these emotions depend on physical reactions. Besides, people who believe that souls go to heaven usually picture them looking the way people did on earth so that they recognize each other, but this raises problems. If on earth a person has very fat or was very fat or had only one arm, would he always be fat or have only one arm in heaven? If a man died young, leaving children who lived... Uh, to normal lifespans, would they all eventually appear in heaven? A young father soul, an old son soul, a grandchild soul older than his grandfather? It's understandable that people should want that most precious, that was, excuse me, it's understandable that people would want what was most precious in their lives to live on. But the most reasonable assumption is that their souls continue to live on here on earth, only in the memories and actions of other people. Fundamentally, Judaism at its most profound has always taught us to take this world seriously, to try to live a full and rich and satisfying life in this world and let speculation about where the soul goes afterwards, if it goes anywhere at all, to remain speculation. Um, so I commend this book to you because uh, in, in thinking about God and thinking about death, um, and thinking about all sorts of really challenging questions, um, Rabbi Kushner, as always, um, uh, puts it in very um, theologically 
astute and emotionally sensitive uh, uh, terminology. Um, so it's it's worth checking out. But uh, I guess uh, in in the time left, thoughts, comments, questions. I think it's great that you had this conversation with us. You know, we don't often get a chance to talk about death and how to talk about it with our kids or even amongst each other unless we're faced with it yeah. in the moment. So it's. It's nice to talk about it when you don't have all those emotions swirling. Yeah. 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 I think for us, that, uh, the last time Joe and I had this discussion, we were forced to have it. Yeah. And it was really hard. And it for, very fortunate for me. My, my dad didn't pass away, but we don't think we handled it well. For months, we just didn't even tell our kids what was going on. I mm. just disappeared to go see my dad. And, uh -huh. and we determined that as you it will happen again at some point, God willing, in 30 or 40 years. Yeah. But it will happen, and so we want to be a little better at this time. Yeah. And I think it's something that we want to the time we make the split decision of, okay, it's happening, and how do you handle it? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that's, uh, that's, that's really important points. You know, a, a lot of people... Um, you know, uh, especially in dealing with the with the challenge of the emotional moment, um, say you know, well, this is going to be too hard for the kids, and in reality, the the issue is it's actually too hard for me to confront, um, and uh, and 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 kids actually are are surprisingly uh, strong and resilient and understand a lot more than we give them credit for, um, and uh, and and and, um, and and deserve in their life to uh, to to. Um, know the tr to know truth um, in at, uh, in as developmentally um, uh, sensitive a way as possible, but to know the truth and to know that they can trust their parents to tell them the truth too, um, uh, in, uh, in in as sensitive a way as, as they can. Um, so uh, so I, I'm uh, uh, you know the other the other thing I just want to uh, put out there before we close, and and I'm glad you brought up uh, um, the issue is. Um, in this, as in a lot of other cases, you know, um, uh, no, nothing is, um, uh, uh, no mistake, or very few mistakes, are irreversible ones. Um, and, uh, um, uh, and, uh, and I think that the, the, the worst thing, um, and the one I think that, um, that depending on how we answer this question to our kids or don't answer it or deal with it after the fact, um, what we can impart on ourselves and others is a sense of, of tremendous guilt. And I think that that's actually probably the most damaging thing. Um, so it's, you know, uh, guilt that I did not handle it the right way or, 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 or imparting uh, on, kid even, uh, on a child, even if it was unintentionally, the uh, a guilt of being responsible in some way for, for the death of a, of a, of a loved one. Um, uh, uh, um, which we can do depending on how we answer the question. Um, I think that that is the, um, the, one of the biggest obstacles. And to be able to do this uh, with, with a sense, you know, part of the reality of death is, uh, is, is um, the, the imperfection of living. Right? And, uh, and that's true in how we respond, and that's true in, in how we relate, and how we teach, and how we interact. Um, and, uh, and it's true that in some ways we live with our mistakes, uh, but it's also true that uh, very few mistakes are, are irredeemable. And, uh, and there's always an opportunity, especially if we keep um, our hearts and our arms open to our kids, um, to our kids' questions, to our kids' truths, to our kids' intelligence, um, uh, and trust them um, that, uh, that, that we don't need to hold on to, uh, to any, any guilt, and we can always um, reapproach um, uh, what our kids need with sensitivity and love. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.